welcome back to the Entertainment Goes Pop podcast, where all things entertainment cross over with all things pop culture, meaning all topics are fair discussion, including TV, movies, music, sports, video games. All of it is discussed on this podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, The Real World Homecoming has been renewed for Season 2. Which cast is it going to be that's going to be involved with Season 2? Week 2 of Survivor has happened, I've got my thoughts on that episode, and Big Brother 23 has reached its conclusion and we have a winner. And I've got all the happenings and the thoughts of what has been one of the more crazier final three weeks in Big Brother history with one player seeming to try to sabotage a guaranteed final two seat. Did he do it? We'll get to that later, but let's jump right into this podcast. Let's get into week two of Survivor. Of course, Survivor premiered last week, Survivor 41. Let's jump right into the happenings of this week's episode of week two of Survivor. Of course, we get something right off the bat. Of course, we had the moment last week where Brad was landed in a discussion on who to vote for. And they asked him who he was thinking about voting for, and he just outed the people right next to him. He's like, well, I'm thinking about Sarah or Shan, who were standing right next to him. And people were like, what is he doing? Like, that's, it was just crazy what it, how he did that. But we have another Brad moment at the end of this episode when he sees, it's a pretty good like comedy segment here. It was really well edited with how they did it. Uh, JD and Ricard roam off to get some water they go to the well out there and brad sees them and he's like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go sneak up and hide and try to figure out what they're talking about so he's like if i go this way i can beat them to the well and then i can hide so he does he tells shan he's like i'm gonna go do this and of course shan's like okay (laughs) he takes off running does beat them to the well and he's laying there, like in in all this like plants and everything else, and just all kinds of debris there. He's just laying there, and uh, shrubbery or whatever, you know. And he's just sitting there listening. And it didn't really seem like he was getting much info because even when he was talking about his interview, he's like, "Well, I kept hearing him say he, so." I'm the only other he besides them in this tribe, so I'm the one to have to be talking about. And I don't know if he was even really close enough to where he could hear anything. So they get done talking. Brad takes off and runs right back to camp trying to beat them there. And he beats them there. And he tells uh, Shan what was going on. He's like, yeah, they they were talking about, I think, me... And the whole time, like, Shan is just, like, eye-rolling, like, wow. Like, really? The, you're, this is what you're doing? <laughs> Trying to sneak up? And, yeah, she was just like, wow, you need to chill out, basically, was her expression. And so Shan tells Ricard. <laughs> of course she tells Ricard, hey, Brad was... Uh, sneaking up on you at the uh at the well (laughs) so just just so you're aware of that so that was pretty funny now here's another twist we get another twist of the game here 
I'm getting concerned about there being too many twists because there's a lot to follow. I mentioned that last week that I'm afraid they're going to put too many twists into this game to where it's going to be complicated to follow. This one is interesting. I don't really have an opinion on it either way, I don't guess. We get the beware advantage. So what ends up happening, Xander roams off and he's looking for an idol. He's trying to find a hidden immunity idol. And he ends up finding this when he's digging around in the trees. And he finds this and pulls it out. And on top of it, where it's all still sealed, it says... Written on, written on it says, if you take it, it's yours, and you must do what it says. Otherwise, you leave it. So he's holding it in his hand. He's saying, okay, what do I do? If I, now, if I open this, I have to do whatever this is. So this is a big gamble right here. So, of course, he ends up, he keeps it. He opens it up, and what he ends up learning is that this is one, one part of a three-way idol. So basically, one of these is hidden hidden at every single camp. And the only way that this idol can be used is if the other two are found at the other camps. So how do you know if people have them? <laughs> well, the most random of things. So the only way it can be unleashed is... When you arrive at the immunity challenge, you know, a lot of times, well, every time, Jeff always talks to everybody and kind of introduces what they're going to do, obviously, but he does a lot of small talk with them. So you have to say this phrase during this conversation, find a way to work this in. Yeah, this is this is bizarre. So what's going to end up happening is if, like, say Xander says his phrase, now the other person on the other tribe, if they have found it, all these phrases are on there. So they, they know what they need to say and they know what other phrases they need to look for. So if you're, like, you have Xander says his, then if the others say that, they know what to look for on the other tribe, so they can all respond. So each one is going to have a phrase that they have to say, and that's how they will activate it. When all three are said at the same time, where they all say it right before the immunity challenge, it will activate that three-way idol. So if you only have one or two, doesn't matter. So what is Xander's <laughs> catchphrase? or whatever, that he has to say. He has to say, I truly believe that butterflies are dead relatives saying hi. And he works this into the conversation with Jeff. And and the way he says it, and everybody just laughs at it, you know, and Jeff's like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, he worked it into the conversation. But here's the twist, and of course, here's the thing here. Nobody else says theirs. Of course, we know nobody else has their idol. Xander's the only one that has it. Here's the twist. He has to say this at every single immunity challenge until the others say the same thing. What are the others? One of the other phrases that is going to be on one of the other clues is, I'm as confused as a goat on AstroTurf. <laughs> the other one is, 
I didn't realize this until now. Broccoli is just a bunch of small trees. So, these are the three things that are going to be said at the immunity challenge to activate these idols. If one or two are not activated, these phrases are just going to keep being said pointlessly to the to the rest of the people there that have no clue what's going on. Now I guess if you have if you've told your tribe, which Xander has told his tribe that he has this, so they get it and they understand that's one reason he wanted to tell was so they would know what was going on. But if you're the other random people that haven't found this, you're like, what is this guy's problem? <laughs> like what is his deal? And so that could be pretty entertaining. And I just thought that gives me such anxiety, even thinking about that I would have to say this every single tribal council, or not tribal council, every single immunity challenge, and have those eyes on me of like, what is this guy's problem? It would be such a self-aware moment. So again, nobody... Nobody else has this. Xander is the only one that says this phrase. He says it. He looks around and listens. You know, of course, everybody's laughing and cutting up at it. No other responses. So he's like, okay, well, it's just me. Now, the one thing with this twist also, now this is the major problem. I think this is the bigger issue than the idol part. The idol's great if you can get it and you activate it as a three-way idol, he can't vote in a tribal council until this thing is activated. That's a big problem, especially if you are on the if you are like in trouble and you can't send a vote another direction, that's a problem. So I think this is a much bigger issue for Xander that he needs these other these other uh, three-way idols to be found to where he can get his vote back. I'd rather have my vote back more than I would this idol. I mean, the idol's great, but, you know, that vote is important. So we get to the immunity challenge. It's a water challenge, which is followed by putting a puzzle together at the end. Luvu is going to finish first. Ua is going to finish second. Yasi is going to finish last. This is their second week in a row where they are going to have to go to Tribal Council. And now Tiffany, she survived Tribal Council last week. And, you know, there was talk of voting her out because she struggled last week as well. And then she struggled huge in this water challenge and put that team way behind. So that definitely put a target on her for this. Now, at the end of this immunity challenge, we get the twist of that two more people are going to have to go on a journey from there. This is going to be the risk your vote or protect your vote thing from last week again. Luvu gets to pick who gets to go, and it's going to be going to be Evie that's going to go, and from Yasi. And Deshaun is going to volunteer himself to go. So they take off and they go together. And they bond on their walk. And they are looking this at this as a chance to make bonds on the other tribes. To where they could have somebody that they could work with later in the game. And this is the same as last week. Like I said, risk your vote or protect your vote. And Evie tells him that she is going to protect her vote and told him that he should risk his vote to where she would where he would get an extra vote 
And one thing with Evie, she tells him everything of the information that's going on back at her camp, including the idol, how it works. She tells him everything. Now, of course, she says in her interview, I told, I told him everything that didn't matter to my game. I spilled everybody else's secrets, but I didn't spill my own. Anything that I need for myself, I'm keeping to myself, but I don't care anything about this other stuff. So Deshaun's going to go back to camp with a lot of info here. And so when we get back to Yasi, when we get back to camp there, now the plan originally was for Liana. Well, first we had Xander, Voce, and Evie all talking to where she was kind of aligning with the guys. But she was also aligning with the girls of Liana and Tiffany. And so Evie was right in the middle of like, okay, well, I've made a, made a, like, basically I'm in the middle here. I can pick which way I want to go. Do I want to align with the guys or I want to align with the girls? And the girls are very big on sticking together, especially when they know Xander has an idol and they're seeing how athletic and great he is. So Evie did reveal the idol deal to the girls that Xander had told her and Tiffany is obviously the target by the guys, even before the immunity challenge, again, because they last week they wanted to keep the tribe strong. They're like, we need to vote her out. And especially after, again, Tiffany struggled in this challenge, they definitely want her out now. With the idol, the original plan was that they were going to, the girls were going to take out Xander. That was the decision to do that however when i think the heat gets so strong on tiffany here that she feels like she is in trouble that the guys are coming for her she gets super paranoid because they're like okay because well, the other two liana and evie this they're just like this is what we're gonna do we're gonna vote xander out done we've got it we've got the votes done just no big deal and everything's fine and then Tiffany gets super paranoid, and she's like, I just don't think this is the way to go. I think this is a bad idea. I think we need to take out Boche and take him out instead. And this stresses out Liana and Evie to where they're like, oh my goodness, she's got to calm down. Like, what is the deal with her? Like, why are you so stressed out? And they're seeing that she could be a problem in the future of working with her to where it's like, what if this is the way she's going to play the whole time to where she's just going to freak out over everything? So they start discussing on, do we, do we stick with the plan or do we, do we vote her out? So we get to tribal council. Voce is voted out. So the girls do all stick together. Uh, I really, I really thought... I don't know. I kind of thought Tiffany was going to get voted out here. That was kind of what my gut was saying, especially when, you know, I just was watching her just self-destruct her game, you know, to where she's just freaking out. And I'm like, you are freaking out these girls. <laughs> They're going to turn on you and vote you out because you're freaking them out. And I just thought she's going to self-sabotage herself and get herself voted out here, which has been the theme of the week, which is going to be next when we get to Big Brother 23. But with the Big Brother finale, to what 
the craziness has been going on on that this week with a player doing his hardest to get himself voted out. And uh, so Voce is going to be the one that goes this week. Still, I'm still enjoying the season of Survivor. I think it's it's very twist heavy. Like the vote thing, I, I still don't like the risk reward your vote deal because it's, I feel like that's going to get so complicated. Now, they are putting it up on graphics, which I appreciate. When they put somebody up there, they will say, like, you know, they put up Xander's name and it says beside it, no vote, to where it's that reminder to us watching, hey, he can't vote on this. But I'm afraid that, like, this risk-reward thing is going to make tribal council so confusing because you can't remember who can vote and who can't vote. And I just feel like that's going to become a mess. Maybe it doesn't. And maybe it's really awesome. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not crazy about the risk-reward deal. And there's a lot of twist. But again, it's a really fast-paced game this time. So I know they're trying to shove a lot, but it feels like they're shoving it a lot. <laughs> feels like they are shoving a lot of things in here at us very quickly. But I'm enjoying this season. I like this cast so far. And first two episodes, very good. So we'll have to see what happens next week with week three of Survivor. We got an exciting renewal announcement this week as the Real World Homecoming has been renewed for two more seasons for paramount plus on that streaming service of course real world homecoming aired earlier this year it reunited the first season of the real world from 1992 the show that originally aired on mtv just such a pop culture phenomenon really was they were the pioneers of reality tv and it was just so interesting and entertaining having everybody back together And it was so fun, but then there was also the issues of the things that still carry so much hurt and the issues that happened in 1992 and that they were still dealing with 30 years later, almost 30 years later when this aired. And, you know, it ended up with Becky leaving the house. You know, Becky was like, all right, I'm out of here. And it's, you know, it's like the same issues that they were dealing with in 1992, they're still dealing with on this real world homecoming. So, but it was just, it was so great having them all back together and just seeing that. But talking about like the issues from the original show and now the announced cast that is going to be next is the real world Los Angeles which was season two and aired in 1993. There was a lot of clashing in that season. Like real world New York, they, they mostly got along. They just, they had, they just had their issues, which we saw in the homecoming. You know, there were, there were just the clashes that they had with their personalities and everything like that. And just, the, you know, like not to be pun intended, real world uh, issues that were going on just in, in their lives, you know. Real world Los Angeles 
was a lot of clashing. There was a lot of lot of problems, a lot of issues. So with real world Los Angeles, this is going to be interesting. And we have to remember that there were nine cast members on this season because, you know, we had instead of seven, we had David kicked out of the house pretty early on in the season, and then they brought in somebody to replace him. Then Irene got married and left, and then somebody came in and replaced her. So we've actually got nine cast members from this season of The Real World. So my question was, who's it going to be? Are they going to reunite all the nine? Or are they just going to pick seven and stay with the seven? But we also have to take into account, you know, which ones are going to want to do it. You know, just because it's like this is the whole cast doesn't mean the whole cast is going to want to do it. So I went digging around, trying to see if there was any kind of news out there. Reality Blurred had a great article talking about this. This was posted on August the 16th, where they basically had some spoilers here that seemed pretty reliable on who would be on this. Now, of course, we had, like, in this article, it talks about Irene, Beth A., and John posting on their social medias, like, hashtag real world, Paramount Plus, true story, you know, things like that, with the old pictures, basically teasing, hey, we're doing this. So those three obviously seem like a lock as far as that goes. Now, who else would be involved? Well, I looked on this article, and they had, so for the real world, Homecoming Los Angeles, the reliable MTV spoiler, Pink Rose, posted at Vevmo, Vivmo, I don't know how to pronounce that website, this morning, posted this morning that the cast started isolation on August 11th, and that seven out of the nine cast members will reunite. So these are the... Spoiler names that are out there. We'll have to, you know, wait, of course, for the cast announcement, the official, to see if this is legit. But it sounds pretty good. This uh, this spoiler account seems like, uh, or this person posting the spoiler seems pretty reliable here, according to this article. They have Beth S., David, Irene, John, Tammy, Glenn, and Beth A. for the seven of the nine that will reunite. That, of course, means no Dominic and no Aaron. And Aaron has really kind of distanced himself from the real world since pretty well immediately after. I don't... He wasn't really painted very well on the real world. He wasn't very likable on there. He was probably... He was definitely one of my least favorite on there. I would be curious to see what he's like today. Of course, everybody's young on there. You know, everybody's young. And you're put in that scenario. So I would be curious to see how he is today. And of course, it does talk about in this article that he's a CEO now. And it talked about it like on his LinkedIn profile that he has no like talk of MTV even being on there. That it was something that he did. So you can clearly tell he just does not <laughs> want anything to do with this. Dominic, 
is somebody that I'm really disappointed that is not going to be a part of it because I love Dominic. He was so fun on there. Just such a great, like, dry sense of humor. He had those really just great dry one-liners that would make you laugh. But I could see Dominic as... Because I'm trying to think... Yeah, he was on... He was on that original reunion that they did. He was there for that. But I always saw Dominic as, like, not somebody that, like didn't want anything to do with like not like Aaron you know where he's just like whatever you know distance away from it I just always kind of saw Dominic as somebody like okay did that here's the next thing you know and just keep doing the next thing instead of going back you know that's that's kind of way it has that's that's kind of always the read I got on Dominic just like his personality and everything but so, but it does say in here that he might be making a guest appearance at some point, which would be great. Oh, that'd be so great to see him on there. So, I mean, this was a very explosive cast. And there's going to be a lot of things that they are going to have to work through <laughs> on here. And my first thought was, would David do it? You know, because, you know, he went out of the house in a really like big and hard way. So now we're going to have Tammy, David, and Beth S in this because all three of them were in the middle of that big incident that happened that ended up getting David kicked out of the house. So that's going to be a very powerful discussion. And I'm sure that is going to be something that is going to be discussed immediately. Like, whenever that comes on the air, like, the first, probably, like, the first, what, two minutes of it, I would think they're probably going to be rolling footage of that. Because that was really the biggest moment, I think, of that season. And it's probably the thing that most people remember of that season of the real world, is that incident that happened. So, it's going to be interesting when they bring that up and we've got everybody back and they hammer that and we see it again from all perspectives and we see what you know it's going to be I don't know if they shot that in 92 it aired in 93 but anyway we're going to be close to 30 years removed from when that happened and I've actually watched the real world Los Angeles in the last year cuz uh, Pluto TV often will run old seasons of the real world on there, and I jump down real world rabbit holes <laughs> very often because I loved those earlier seasons so much. So that will be coming soon. It said this fall, that is when this is going to happen. Now, they said two seasons. So the question is what's the next season going to be? Is there any possibility that they reunite the San Francisco cast of season three? Because we're talking about how explosive season two was. Season three was a level up over that. Season three was, and I remember at the reunion that they did, the one I was talking about a while ago, I'm trying to think, I think it was like 96 or so when they did that. It was after London. Because I think London had just finished. Because they reunited New York, 
Los Angeles, San Francisco. And then at the very end, they were like, oh, hey, here's the London cast. And they bring the London cast in. So London had just finished after that. And I think it was 96 when this reunion happened. But I remember, you know, these, a lot of, you know, they would talk about each other's seasons. And I remember, I don't remember who it was that said it. It was somebody on the first two seasons of the real world that were just like, oh my goodness, this San Francisco cast, they have, they've been through it. You know, it's, you know, they talk about like our seasons and stuff, but man, this San Francisco cast, they, they went through some stuff and I just, I don't, is this something they could pull off? And now the thing is with they also have additional cast members as well because of course Puck got kicked out and Pedro sadly isn't with us anymore and then we had some other cast members come in but there's some I just I don't know it would be interesting to know I follow Judd on Twitter and he hasn't he hasn't teased anything real world related. Now he'll post like occasional stuff, which he always has, so it's he'll post occasional like, hey, here's a picture of me and Pam, you know, things like that. And of course they're married, if you didn't know, Pam and Judd that were on San Francisco, they got married, very happy and uh and, I mean, he posts stuff all the time, just occasionally about, you know, like a flashback to the real world. Or And, of course, people ask him questions about the real world because it was, you know, it was a big part of his life, you know, that people remember because it was such, like, in the public of, you know, that's the public thing that people remember. You know, like, oh, Judd from the real world. And all of us that grew up on the real world, you know, we remember these people from these seasons, so, I mean, he hasn't posted anything out of the ordinary. And, I mean, he just, like I said, he posts occasional real-world stuff. But I just, I don't think, I don't see... I don't know. It, it's, it's something to stir on, isn't it? Would San Francisco, would they be able to pull that off? I don't feel like Rachel would want to do it. I just... My gut feels like Rachel has just kind of moved on from it. I feel like Corey, Judd, and Pam, I feel like the three of them would like to do it. And I feel like they would like to do it as well as like another way to honor Pedro. Like it's something to where they could use this to continue Pedro's story. You know, I could totally see the three of them. And the three of them were close. They were close, so... I could totally see the three of them wanting to do it. What about Puck? <laughs> and would they be open to having Puck be involved? But also, would they... I could totally see it as a perspective of theirs. I don't know. That just runs so deep. That runs so deep with the way Puck acted on that show and how he was to Pedro and would they look at it as a way of maybe we can make peace? But you have to remember on the original show and the things after, how many times did they try to make peace? Would Tom 
help this. I, I don't know. For me, I don't see San Francisco, if they did do San Francisco, I don't see it as everybody would want to do it. There, I just, There's just no way that I would see all of them wanting to do it. I feel like somebody would say, no, not interested. So I don't know. That's something to keep an eye on. Now, the next logical would be, well, would they do London? London is a very strange season as far as out in the fandom. I liked London. There's a lot of people that did not like London. And I think it's because they got along. <laughs> and, and I've heard a lot of people say that. It, that it was because... At the time, there were people that just didn't really like the London real world because you have to remember, we were coming off of Los Angeles and San Francisco that were just like constant clashing. And when we got to London, I mean, they they occasionally bickered with one another just like anybody would. I didn't think they were very nice to Sharon. And a lot of times I really felt bad for Sharon I thought they could have been nicer to her at times. She just really was just a sweet woman, you know. And but London, London got along. They just genuinely liked one another, and so I I could see them maybe jumping to London, and I would I would be all for London. I mean, beyond that, if they if they skip London, then you're having to jump to like Miami or Boston, or Seattle, and I don't, it just kind of feels like if they're going to do this, I feel like they're wanting to stick with the earlier seasons initially, and then maybe they'll jump ahead as they go along, but San Francisco seems like, obviously, it's the next in line. Would San Francisco want to do it? Is that something they would want to do? And you know, I'm trying to think that the place that they stayed at in San Francisco, of course, there was a fire there a few years ago that messed up the interior to where the interior does, a lot of the interior does not look the same as it did in the original when they shot the show, which is so sad. But, I mean, it's still there. And I always said, if I was in San Francisco... One thing I would want to do is go get my picture taken in front of the real world San Francisco house. That's one thing I would want to do. That would be like, I arrive in San Francisco. It's like, here's the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay, take me to the real world San Francisco house because I want my picture in front of that thing. And so, I mean, that's going to be the thing. What is going to be the next season? I feel like London would want to do it because... I think they all get along. It'd probably just be a schedule thing. And I've looked into lately kind of what London has been up to. And of course, they're busy. <laughs> of course, they're busy with their lives. A lot of them, you know, big careers and stuff going on. But if if San Francisco isn't interested, I could totally see London doing that. But then, don't you have to shoot that in London? Because they're, so far, in New York, I don't know what they're doing with Los Angeles. I don't know if they're putting them back in the same house or not. We don't have no, we have no details other than it's going to be Los Angeles. Real World New York was in that apartment. So if they did London, would they have to go overseas to London and shoot that back in 
that uh, in that place. I don't know. We're going to have to keep an eye out on on this. Will San Francisco want to do it? And if they don't want to do it, I completely understand. Because <laughs> that, was, that was rough, what that cast went through. And... But it also made us love them even more with what all they went through. So I don't know. I feel like it's between San Francisco and London. I feel like they're going to want to stay with these earlier seasons with this initial run of Real World Homecoming. That just seems to me the logic of it all. But we definitely have Los Angeles coming this fall. And if that spoiler list is correct... It's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. And I really enjoyed the first round, the real world homecoming. And of course, you can get my detailed thoughts on that on some earlier podcasts. I went into some real big detailed thoughts on that as I was just, I'm a huge real world fanatic. I watched all the way up to uh, Vegas. Vegas was when I got out because then... I, I couldn't stand the Vegas season because Vegas it just was just like hookup season. It's like this isn't even what this show was. <laughs> you know, it went from like a social experiment to like hook up in the hot tub. It was like, okay, I'm I'm done with this show. <laughs> I was I was out after after that. And <clears throat> so these earlier seasons when this is what the real world was, the social experiment different people, different places, all coming together to live together for several months and to record it and see what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real, (laughs) you know? So, I don't know. I'm pretty pumped about this because I just, I love seeing, it's like seeing friends again, you know, because it's like you watch them and that's what was so interesting about the real world and especially reality tv at the time because again this was this was like the pioneers of reality tv to where you brought these just regular everyday people and you put them on tv and we bond with them on tv to where it's like we get to know them we like them it's like it's like they become our friends almost you know it was like that was the first experience we'd had with reality tv to where it feels like that you know usually it was you know you're watching a tv show and you get into their characters you know and the characters that these actors are playing this is the first time we'd really had like this is them (laughs) these are these people and we attach to them so it felt like friends and then i always remember when the show would end it was just like you were saying goodbye to friends you're like oh no you know it's like i don't get to hang out with them anymore or something like that, you know, with this TV show. So we'll have to keep an eye out. This fall is the announcement. So, I mean, this is going to have to go pretty soon because we're into fall. So we'll have to keep an eye out on the official announcement for Real World Los Angeles. It's going to be something. It's going to be pretty wild to watch this cast reunite, but I'm, I'm excited for it. Let's move on to the Big Brother 23 season finale. 
we have arrived. After three months of gameplay, we have arrived to the Big Brother finale. Of course, we are down to Xavier, Aza, and Big D as your final three. So, of course, we had, with the taped shows this week, we had the first two parts. Again, the final HOH is three parts. You play it. Everybody competes in the first one, and then in the second part, the two that didn't win compete against each other. The winner of that goes on to face the winner of part one, and that's your final HOH of the season. And then they make the decision on who to take to the final two with them. So part one, HOH, went to Xavier. Not a surprise, Xavier is just dominating these competitions as we get to the end. It's like he knows he needs to win, and he is winning them. He's getting the job done. So part two, HOH, Aza and Big D compete against one another. Aza wins part two. She will move on to the live show of the finale, where Xavier will take on Aza, where they will decide who to take to part, who to take to the final two of Big Brother 23. So, here is the story of the week besides that. Big D can't keep his mouth shut through... He's been this way all season, but even more so this week. So, Big D has reminded Aza all week long, telling her that he doesn't respect her game, that he carried her this whole time, and he proceeds to tell her this every chance he gets to the point, and I also want to point this out, Oz's plan has been to take out, take out Xavier. If she wins final HOH, she plans on cutting Xavier and taking Big D with her to the final two because... She's had a bond with Big D from the beginning, and she wants to, you know, keep that and reward that. And she has even told Xavier, you know, if it comes down, if it comes down to me winning at the end, I am going to cut you because I have this in place with Big D. Xavier's like, okay, you know, and so Xavier is aware of this. Big D gets on her nerves so much this week that she starts swaying on this. And she even tells Big D at one point that she's not going to take him to the final two anymore if she wins HOH because she's basically sick of him and tired of listening to him like downgrade and talk down to her all week. And of course, Big D just is just livid over this, and he's upset, and he's ranting to Xavier. And so we have Big D, who has done nothing in this game all season long. He's Many are calling him the worst Big Brother player in history. And Big D, when you listen to him, Big D will tell you how he has the greatest social game and all these big things that he has done in this Big Brother season, he will rattle off a list of them while everybody that has watched the live feeds can counter him on every single one of them and show that he did not do these things. <laughs> and he has done nothing all season long 
but talk and complain. And he gets to the end here. He is guaranteed a final two here because Xavier wants to take Big D, obviously because he thinks he can beat Big D. Of the two, Big D's the one he can beat. Big D is the type of player you want sitting with you at the end that is, you know is not going to get votes. Now, in the House, in their defense, they feel like Big D uh, has a chance that they feel like he could get votes. Now, the jury, on the other hand, does not respect Big D's game, and they know what's going on. So, Big D has a guaranteed final two spot here. Xavier's going to take him. Ozza's going to take him. Big D found a way to sabotage his own final two spot to where he got on her nerves so badly that he even messed this up. It was amazing. Like, this went on for days. And of course, later on, and the the edit on the show was pretty accurate. That was a very accurate edit of how this all went down and just the whole thing. And Xavier's just pretty well just sitting back and letting this go and and letting them have at it. Because, of course, you would, <laughs> you know? And at one point, um, Ozza talks to Xavier and she's... You know, she tells him, I'm sick of Big D. I'm sick of him talking down to me. I'm tired of him telling me how I've done nothing in this game and how he's the greatest and all these things. I'm just tired of him talking down to me. I am I think I'm going to take you to the final two. If I win, I'm taking you. And, of course, Xavier's like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, so Big D has amazingly found a way to talk himself potentially out of a final two spot. Amazing. This is your great social player that he is bragging about. Oh my goodness, Big D. He, oh, this guy. So let's move on to the live show. We see the jury segment where they're all talking. We see Kai join. There's a lot of celebration when they see Kylan because they know he's not still in there anymore. One, one, probably the biggest moment of the jury questioning is where Kyland, where they're all, they all, if you're not familiar with this, they all gather and they talk and they compare notes and they just basically talk out loud about everybody's gameplay and who, the pros and cons of who they think should win the game. And at one point, Kyland decides that he is going to stick up for Big D here. And he's, because at one point, I can't remember who, I think it was Tiffany that brought this up. Because Kyland was pushing the whole, like I think the most, uh, the most worthy, strongest players should win. That was how I felt. And that's one thing he said. And I think it was Tiffany that pushed him on it and said, okay, now you supposedly have this strategy of that you wanted the the ones to be, the, like the best players, you wanted them to be at the end. Why did you take, why did you think taking out Hannah over Big D was, was the place? Shouldn't Hannah be there? Because Hannah's played a better game than Big D has. 
and Kylan's like, yeah, you know, Hannah and Big D's games, they're, they're interchangeable, to which the whole jury, like, their whole jaws just dropped. Like, are you kidding me? And all of us at home screamed what at the TV, and he made this pitch over how Big D and Hannah's games were basically the same, and that's why he decided to that they were interchangeable, and he decided to cut Hannah. This, yeah, this didn't go over well. <laughs> and comparing Hannah to Big D, and of course Hannah wasn't taking that either. There was a lot of people that said Hannah, there was one post that was going around on Twitter last night that was saying Hannah's way nicer than, <laughs> than uh, most would be in responding back to this, because she could have really jumped down his throat over over this comment and because Hannah played a good game in there and she was very crucial to the things that were going on while Big D slept and complained all season and talked about his amazing social game that is trying to get himself kicked out of a final two chair but let's move on to the actual live part here we get to part three of the HOH competition to where Aza is going to compete against Xavier and it's going to be questions about facts and like stats of each jury member. And you have to pick out which of the three facts is the false statement of like, you know, this person was on the block three times or this person won uh, this veto before this week happened. You know, that kind of a deal. And amazingly... The first question Aza goes out on, and it blew my mind, and she's beating herself up over it quite a bit, too, after later on she talked about it. Like, I can't believe I missed that question. She missed the question, ironically, about how many times Brittany was on the block, and she was probably the one that had to listen to Brittany vent about being on the block so many times more than anybody in the house. You know, her and Big D had to listen to that more than anybody. And she missed that question. <laughs> like, I said that when I was watching that. I was like, I can't believe Ozzy just missed that question. So, but Xavier goes perfect. There's eight questions. He hits all eight. Ozzy hits seven out of eight. The only one she missed was the first question. So Xavier wins the final HOH. He does indeed take Big D with him to the final two, so that leaves Aza evicted from the Big Brother house going out at final three. And so the question is, and this is the TV we wanted. There was definitely a lot of us that were pulling for Aza to win part three because we wanted to see what she would do. Would she cut Big D? That's what we wanted to see. That was the that was the TV moment that we were all pulling for to where Big D talked himself and got like talked himself out and got voted out. It would have been amazing. So Julie Chen asked her on the stage in the interview afterwards, what would you have done if you had won the final HOH. Would you have cut Big D and taken Xavier? And Aza says, I would have cut Big D and taken Xavier to the final two. Amazing. Amazing. 
it's I just wish we had gotten that moment because it would have been epic. So Big D, again, greatest social game, has hyped himself up on how great of a player he is and talked himself out of a final two chair. The one person that, you know, he has been with since the beginning of this game, and she's like, I'm taking you, Big D. No, there's no doubt. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you to the end. Got so fed up with him because he wouldn't quit talking and cutting her down that she was just like, you know what, Big D? No, I'm tired of this. I'm not taking you now. Amazing. Big D talked himself out of a final two spot, potentially, if Aza had won that last part of the HOH. Incredible. So we get to the jury questioning to where all the jury... I wish they would just do this Survivor style, like the final Tribal Council, to where you just let everybody talk and ask questions. Just let it, like, rapid fire. You know, let everybody ask a question, but let them discuss. Because I've really enjoyed that with Survivor in the last few seasons, to where they've really opened it up. Instead, on Big Brother, they just hand them the card, and they pick up the card, like, okay, what question is this? Um, okay, Big D, what are what are your contributions to this game? Or something, you know, simple like that. And I just wish they would open that up more because it would be such better discussion instead of just like these generic questions. Now, I mean, they do, you could tell that the jury had come up with these questions from what it from what it sounds like, because the jury questions on Big D were much more revealing than the ones on Xavier. Where the ones going at Big D were basically like, "What have you done in this game?" Is kind of, you know, why do you think you are deserving? Some in the jury don't think you are deserving of this final two spot. Why are you? Tell us why you are. So you could tell the jury with these questions that they were going at Big D with here that jury was not having it and a lot of the things that big d and of course big d's coming back with these hyped up i did all these amazing moves i did this i did that and the jury is laughing back at him in response to a lot of his answers and i don't know if he thought maybe they were laughing with him but they were laughing at his answers so we are clear right off the bat big d has no chance of winning this game we knew this already but we know even more so now that the jury's not even having this. They're not even, like, considering this. It's basically now, will it be unanimous, is what we're at. So the votes, everybody does the voting. Votes are in. We get all the roundtable kind of deal where we get all the jury together to talk. And the pre-jury, we get them virtually from their homes I believe there were five of them, I believe that was right, five pre-jurors that come on, and they just all talk about the game and talk about things like that. Really interesting that Frenchie got no TV time. thought that was hilarious. He got no TV time. Like Travis, the first boot that was like barely on the show, got more uh, things to say. Frenchie didn't get one word in. They didn't go to him on anything. Like Travis at least got to say a sentence. But we get the fun reveals, and this is always fun when they get like the surprise things that they show to everybody, and they'll roll the clips in. 
so of course this season we had a lot of them uh, not telling the truth of their professions, like what they do for careers. And of course the big one was Xavier, that he is an attorney. And what's been funny on the feeds is all the discussion because he said on the feeds, he's been telling them that he's a bartender and, and a model. He said a model, but he did talk about that. He has bartended like on occasion or something at like events or something like that. But he talked about that he was a bartender and nobody in the house was buying this. Like there's the one clip of Tiffany to where she she was talking to Xavier and she's like, Now Xavier, I know you aren't a bartender. <laughs> it's like you go to and it's there's several moments like through the, there was one night on the feeds where Xavier got really upset over this because uh, I think it, I don't remember if it was Hannah or who it was it was in one of the other rooms and they were discussing uh what it, they thought Xavier did for a living and they were questioning what it was and it was all in good fun it was all in good fun they weren't uh, being mean about it at all they were just like there's no way that guy is a bartender <laughs> like what is what is he in his real life what does he actually do and there was one night Xavier got upset about it he went to bed because he was upset that they were questioning him and there was a uh, like I remember Tiffany at one point she was just like there's no way that guy's a bartender. He goes to sleep at nine o'clock. Like what, what kind of bar person that's a bartender goes to sleep at nine o'clock on a regular night? <laughs> just really funny. It was just stuff like that. So of course they reveal that he's an attorney and everybody just roars in, uh, in approval laughing. They're like, we knew it. And there was, of course, Big D is like, I knew it. I told you you were an attorney. I, I pegged you. I had it. I knew it. I was like, congratulations, Big D. That's the only thing you got right all season long. Like, good job, buddy, is what I was thinking as I watched it. But we get to, like, Hannah. You know, Hannah talks about that she's pre-med. And, uh, of course, they're like, whoa, that's amazing. Hannah's awesome. And Sarah Beth is like, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a voice actor. I'm actually a scientist. And everybody's like, what? And... And then Brit, we get to Brittany, and this was this was pretty awesome here, and it was a really emotional moment where she talked about that she was diagnosed with autism as a baby, and she talked about how she didn't reveal that to anybody in the house because she didn't want to be seen as her diagnosis. She didn't want people looking at her and seeing her as as her diagnosis instead of seeing her as her. She wanted them to see her as her first and then learn about that later, which I thought was really awesome and just a really sweet moment. And it definitely brought a lot of emotion out of the, out of the house guest. And so we get to this moment where we get to the situation that happened last week with Kylan and Xavier getting face-to-face -face when Kai was evicted last week and Kai got mad about it and mentioned uh, Xavier's nephew on the way out of the house, to which Xavier's like, don't be talking about my nephew. Get, get my nephew's name out of your mouth. 
and it got really awkward really fast and it got really intense and Julie's like, Kai, you need Kylan, leave the house. You need to leave the house now. And Xavier's like, don't be talking about my nephew. And Kylan is egging it on. And they actually ask, Julie asked uh, Kylan, you know, about the situation. And she, well, she talked to both of them. And Kylan, they gave Kylan, not just last night, but even in the media interviews all last week, they gave him every opportunity to basically be like, yeah, you know what, I was wrong doing this. I apologize anything anything they gave him every opportunity to backtrack that thing down and he didn't take it he didn't take it last night he was just like well you know i apologize if you were offended and yeah xavier that when you when you watch it back you're gonna understand what i meant by it no you're not (laughs) it's 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 kylan talk kylan talks in circles this is what he does and it was it was frustrating, and Xavier, of course, again took the high road. And Xavier's like, "Okay, you know, I, I, okay, you know, that's that's fine." And and you know, Xavier last week showed a lot of class in that because there's a lot of people that would have probably thrown him through that door <laughs> on the way out, and Xavier didn't. Because when I was watching that last week, I just thought, "Oh my goodness, Xavier is going to throw him through this door." here in a second is not only is he going to be evicted but he's going to be thrown out of this house like fired through this door (laughs) and you know xavier showed a lot of uh restraint last week and i respect him for uh not escalating that because he he sure could have because it was pretty classless on what kylan did on his way out because it's like it's a game you know it's a game so they gave him the opportunity here and he just he just doesn't he doesn't backtrack anything. We also didn't get anything of like Kylan and Sarah Beth because Sarah Beth has again we didn't get much of Sarah Beth really at all on this uh this reunion kind of deal here now that I think about it. But she has continued to talk about the unnecessary lies that Kylan said to her about you know, the playing the game or whatever. She was just like, there was a lot of unnecessary lies that he told me playing me that wasn't, wasn't needed. So I want, I'm very curious whenever we get Sarah Beth, like on some kind of a, any kind of post show interview that somebody presses her on that, because I would love to know like what that is. Like, what does she feel you know, what it was. So I'm curious to know what Sarah Beth has to say on that. That's going to be something to follow when we get into the post-show stuff, when we get into more of the post-show stuff. So we get to the vote. Unanimous vote for Xavier to win Big Brother 23, the first black winner in Big Brother history. Very awesome. So the cookout achieves what they set out to do they got to the final six and we have our first black winner of big brother u.s so very very awesome and so the vote was unanimous again the only other unanimous winners in big brother u.s history have been dan in season 10 and then cody last year and of course we had tamar braxton that was 
if you want to count Celebrity Big Brother in there too, Celebrity Big Brother US uh, season two, she was unanimous as well. So Big Brother US, those are the only three that were unanimous. And then we have Dan and Cody as far as the regular Big Brother edition, you know, just regular Big Brother US. So what about America's favorite player? Well, and of course the vote was going to be from from all the viewers, the fans, you text your votes in on who you want to win. America's favorite player and the prize this year was up to $50,000. It felt like it was going to come down to Originally, it felt like it was going to be Derek X. That was always the feeling that it was going to be Derek X was going to be the winner. And then as the season played out and then everything happened with the cookout and then Tiffany was the first one out of the cookout, there was a major push online, especially with how the cookout was not recognizing. Well, the the men of the cookout were not recognizing Tiffany's achievements with the cookout and people were getting super annoyed with that rightfully so and that they had decided they, there was a big push online to get Tiffany America's favorite player so in the last week especially it was like this push feels pretty monstrous here that I think Tiffany will probably get this so to me I felt like it was going to be between Derek X and Tiffany and the top two vote getters were revealed to be Derek X and Tiffany and Julie said that the vote was very close. Tiffany wins America's Favorite Player and $50,000. Very, very awesome. Very well-deserved. Very cool. So that was Big Brother 23. That was the finale. The season is a wrap. I've been watching some of the post-show stuff today, some of the post-show interviews. Uh, RHAP has their interviews up. Uh... Us Weekly has has their written up things. Mike Bloom has his written up. I haven't 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 uh, read his yet. I haven't had the opportunity to read his yet. They just got released not long before I'm recording this. Uh, Us Weekly, theirs are video. They've got theirs up, or you can read some of the stuff that was said in there as well. Uh, not much revealed. Tiffany, like, uh, I did watch uh, Derek and Cody have their podcast that they do, and there was a clip of it that was going around to where they were interviewing Xavier, and they were, and Derek basically said he was hyping up Tiffany to where it's like, yeah, y'all need to put some respect on Tiffany. It's like she, she, she led the bandwagon. Like she, she led that thing. And Xavier was like, oh, oh you know, I think it kind of caught Xavier off guard. And you know, Derek was like, yeah, you need to put some respect on her because she, she led this thing. She was the one that uh, was holding this thing together. Um, Big D is still Big D. He is still hyping everything that he did and that he didn't do. <laughs> Big D hasn't uh, swayed much in his interviews. Um, Aza is Aza. She's just, she's, the interviews I've seen with her have been really good. And uh, she, yeah, she's just happy to be on the show and happy to be to the end and did what she could do and, and uh, Xavier, his interviews have been good, and uh, 
Tiffany, uh, Tiffany's been awesome. I've enjoyed her interviews as well. And she's getting a lot of like feedback on that people were seeing what she did in the game. So that's really awesome that she is getting that. But other than that, I mean, we're still early. There's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of things going around yet. I'm seeing some of them getting back on their social media, seeing, uh, I think Derek X and Hannah are back on their Twitter accounts. I've seen them today, I believe, posting. So we're still early in the post game, but I'm sure we'll get a lot more stuff as these house guests learn the happenings that went on in there. Uh, Big Brother 23, I loved this season a lot. It was just, you know, I can't, and I said this at the beginning, how very low bar that I was set on this season. And it wasn't because of the preseason of this. It was because so many Big Brother U.S. seasons have been so disappointing lately, including last year that was supposed to be All-Stars and was terrible. It was a terrible season. You know, we'd waited all these years for another All-Stars, and that's what it turned out to be. It was just a boring season that we just all wanted to end. I just couldn't believe that that's what it became. But we've just had, we've just had so many disappointing Big Brother seasons in the U.S. here lately to where I just wasn't looking forward to it. Big Brother Canada 9 was awesome this year. It was like the best Big Brother season that we've had of any Big Brother from whatever U.S. Canada that we've had in years and it was just such a refreshing thing to watch so I just went in with such low expectations because I just thought oh, I just don't want to be disappointed again because I'm tired of watching these seasons and then being like I don't like these people I, you know and then the gameplay is terrible and and it ended up not being that I loved this cast they were fun to watch on the feeds. They were always finding things fun to do, whether it was like the late night talk shows or whatever they do, Big Blue Couch and all that. And they were just a fun cast. And I really liked it. It was 50-50 diverse cast, which I loved. And, you know, it was a history-making season as well. You know, having... An all-black final six as the cookout banded together to accomplish this goal that they wanted to do, and they accomplished it. And we just had such a great cast, just a great season. Because even when I was watching the jury segments last night, I was just like, you know, so like the majority of this jury here uh, just really enjoyed that house, and I genuinely miss them, you know, and. Uh, yeah, and it's, you know, it's a good sign of a season to where, like last season, you know, they were like, we're going to have a triple eviction next week. And I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> it's like, can we vote? Because like late in the season, it was just like, yeah, let's go with the triple. Let's, let's get these people out of here. Let's get this show on the road. And, uh, but this season when they would, you know, you would look at who was on the block and I'd look at it and go, oh man, I don't want to lose either one of these people. I really like both of them. I don't want to, I don't want either one of them to go. That's a good sign of a season that you've gotten attached to so many people that it just became 
just so frustrating and sad to where you're like, no, I don't want them to go. I really enjoy them on the feeds and I want to see them play the game. And so that's a good sign. So I just, I really enjoyed this season. Just a lot of fun. Great cast. Just so I'm, I came into this season with very low expectations, hoping that I wasn't going to be disappointed again. And I'll leave this season very happy and looking back on a lot of fun that this Big Brother season was. And now I also look at trying to figure out what do I do with my Thursdays now? <laughs> what do I do with my Thursday nights? Because Thursday night tonight, I'm like, I don't know what to watch. I don't know what to do without Big Brother on. So... Just a very good season, and that's a wrap on Big Brother 23. A big thank you to the cast, crew, everybody that put the show on for delivering us with such a fun season. That is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, God bless, and I hope you have a great week.